Hello, I'm Steve Farver, and you're listening to Focused on Performance. This podcast is for athletes to learn from athletes on how to approach the mental game, organize training, and get inside tips to help you perform your best. It's a new year, and we all have goals that we'd like to accomplish. Sometimes there's small changes we want to improve upon, and other times our goals can be quite audacious. Many times, people will embark upon a new running goal. It seems simple enough. Just put on some shoes and then pack on the miles. However, after a few sessions, you start to wonder about whether or not you should persist. Recently, I was drawn to the story of a runner in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Every day, he would post on Facebook how many miles he had run, along with the number of days in a row his streak had been extended to. I recently noticed that he was about to reach the milestone of running 1,000 days in a row. That's a remarkable feat, to get out and run each and every day, and he was running three or more miles every time, especially in Michigan with the drastic changes in weather we get. Somehow, he was able to find a way to get out there and get the job done. I feel like you'll be able to learn a lot from this conversation as he adds insight into how he got started, overcame challenges, and is still able to keep this streak alive. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Scott Cohen, the man who ran a thousand days in a row. Today we're joined by Scott Cohen, who has reached an incredible milestone as he has run at least three miles or more for 1,000 consecutive days. In fact, he has just accomplished this feat today. Scott, thanks for being here. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction. Awesome. So to get started, can you explain to listeners about what exactly it is that you've been doing? It's a very good question. I started out so innocently, too. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get involved and do something athletic with my sister, and she was training for a half marathon. Okay. And so I decided that I was going to try with a month before to do that too, having pretty much never ran more than I would say like a 400 meter. And I did track in high school, so if it wasn't if it wasn't over in less than a minute, I wasn't really involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I I wrote out on a one of those giant like Office Max calendars like three miles. And I moved it to, you know, four miles the next week, five, six, and just did it every day. And got the confidence that I could actually run the half marathon and turned out very well. I was successful with that. And I just thought, what's next? And so I just continued to run at least three miles every day. And I thought, what does a thousand miles look like? And for some reason, I could see myself uh, getting there. And so then I thought, well, what does 10,000 look like? And so that kind of became the goal. And then I would do at least three miles every day on consecutively until I uh, accomplished 10,000 miles. And so that's what I'm out to try to do. Awesome. And then, so when did you start this, this trial or this journey? May 1st, 2013. Okay, so you've been working on this for quite some time then. Yep, we're in year three. Um, and now it's been a long journey. And thinking back on it all, what has been some of the great memories that you've had along the way? Are there any moments that stick out to you? Yeah, so how it all started, getting to do that first half marathon with my sister, I had this uh, end scene in mind where 
my sister and I would cross the finish line, you know, hands in the air. And so actually getting to see that in real life, that was very cool. And then, uh, and this was actually at the Ann Arbor half marathon we did. And we remembered watching people still lap around for the marathon and thinking to ourselves, we're never going to do that. And then literally maybe two months later, my sister's like, I'm going to run in the Chicago Marathon. Are you in? Oh, wow. And so, uh, you know, and I joined her on that one. And uh, that was pretty cool, finishing my first marathon. Because, again, the idea of 26.2 miles, it, uh, it was something that I, I never thought I would want to do or do. And uh, so I'd say those two are probably the two moments, the crossing the finish line with my sister at the first half in uh, completing the Chicago Marathon. Those are two really big goals to be able to to go from not running what more than 400 meters to crossing the finish line of a half marathon and then finishing a marathon too. Those are some pretty outstanding accomplishments I would say. No I appreciate it and yeah I, I you know if somebody would have told me that this is what I would have been doing I probably wouldn't have believed them so. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've had some obstacles that came up. Um, what was the toughest part of your journey? Or what were some, some obstacles that you had to overcome? So I think I'm very fortunate and blessed for not getting, uh, to this point, injured to the point where I couldn't run at least three miles. And so I, I definitely, you know, played some intramural soccer and maybe took some hits and things mm -hmm. like that that made it a little... Uh, suspect of whether I was going to be able to continue to do it as well as the day after the uh, the marathons that I ran it mm -hmm. took quite a quite a long time before I could you know move my legs in that running motion again mm -hmm. uh, to get the strength to actually then go out and run again three miles so I would say the the small injuries here and there uh, there was a story I, I originally used the Nike running watch. I'm not sure they even make them anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I've since moved on to a Garmin or use my phone sometimes, but uh, I had left it on the train. And so that was one of the mechanisms uh, that I used to help inspire me to keep going. And my mother, uh, very kindly, without even a hesitation, bought me a new one. And so, oh, wow. you know, a nice $200 watch. And I mean, I was always thankful for that. So didn't even hesitate, went out, uh, did that. And I, I would say the, the other one would be uh, my uh, partner in uh, this life, uh, Linda, the love of my life. She, uh, she continues to uh, push me. There were times where I thought maybe, you know what, I've come far enough. I'm mm -hmm. a little tired. Maybe not tonight. Or, you know, I just dealt with too many things. And she was always like, listen, it's not going to end tonight. It's not going to, you know, it's not, I'm not going to watch you. You're going to go out there and... Uh, no matter where we're at, you're, you're going to go run three miles. And so I think with her support, uh, I definitely would not have uh, gotten this far for sure. That's awesome. I think when you're re reaching for goals, there's a lot of obstacles out there. And you touched on a couple really key points. I think having some accountability, having people help you out. So whether it was your mom buying a new watch or your uh, partner Linda helping you out, push you when those times get tough. Um, also, injury prevention, too. I think that's one that's skipped over quite a bit. Um, just in staying healthy and, and kind of getting into routines. Um, actually, I was going to ask you, too, so a follow-up to that. Did you do anything in particular to help you with injury preventions at all? Did you do, like, recoveries or anything in particular that you think may have helped you there? 
Yeah, so I've learned a lot along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, especially running outside for the majority. You know, you learn about winter gear and what to wear and what not to wear. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's this great running store actually on, on Plymouth, Tortoise and Hare, and there's a mm -hmm. guy there in particular, Matt, who was just phenomenal. Again, another person as far as accountability that was and has been cheering me on along the way and, and giving me tips. And so I ran at different weights uh, over the three-year period. And I don't usually like talking about weight, but I, I, I started to understand a little bit around the metrics about it. So there's a difference in... I'm about 5'10", and, you know, on a average, I usually came in about, like, 175. Okay. And so having that on your knees and your legs considerably, depending on the distance, will potentially cause injury, uh, doing it time and time again. And so, and, and that's why I think you see a lot of runners who win marathons. Mm -hmm. they're, they're pretty thin overall, uh, and that might be their genetics, um, but it also helps to be able to continue to go mile after mile. And so I actually lost uh, about 20 pounds to try to make sure that I could still do this every day and continue to stretch uh, and find the right gear and the right shoes. And I've gone through a number of different shoes, everything from Nike to Adidas to these uh, Hoka with a lot more support. Uh, so I, I think those are things that have changed my eating habits considerably. And I definitely took out almost everything with the exception of water. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and sometimes a night a glass of wine, but totally took out the drinking sugar with the, again, with the exception of the occasional glass of wine, but, uh, mm -hmm. and just really trying to pack on protein, a lot of carbs, um, considerably and trying to monitor it more and more. And as I try to think about my next goals, I'll probably intensify that, uh, significantly, but, uh, I did find a difference when I was running at 170 versus now when I'm running around 150. Mm -hmm. um, it's considerably easier. Yeah, injury prevention, especially if you're running a thousand days in a row, I feel like is a very important thing. You talked about eating healthy, um, you talked about equipment, how that can impact you, also understanding the, the weight that you're, you're running at um, and appropriating distance and training uh, alongside that. Because um, everybody's different and you want to adjust your training to, to what you're capable of. Um, don't try to do something that, that your body physically can't handle too. Absolutely, and I think, uh, you know, I always try to keep my goals within somewhat of a, you know, I'm still very new to this as well, a, a novice reach, and so I'm not mm -hmm. trying to win any marathons or anything. It's literally yeah. being able to get up every day and do this uh, and, and, you know, change up the distances from here and there depending on whatever uh, event I might be training for. Mm -hmm. uh, so if that's a half, if that's a 10K, if that's a full, I'm going to increase the distances and, and not push it and try to listen to my body, I think, more than anything else and not not push it too much where it, uh, you know, you end up with an injury. Mm -hmm. And when you ran a thousand days in a row, I'm wondering, did you ever have a day that you didn't want to run or, or take a day off? And you touched on this a little bit. Um, and then what helped keep you going through those difficult times? I'll fully admit there's probably a lot of days where that came up. Uh, you know, depending on what you do during the day and the profession I'm currently in, the conversations, uh, it, it, it takes a toll. And so, you know, I, I like the concept always of me getting up early and running, but it doesn't, it didn't, and it doesn't always happen. And so sometimes you get home at night, 5.30, 6.30, and you're like, you know what, I'm not sure that 
this is how I want to spend my night. You know, there's start some football game. Yeah, you start to hundred percent, and then you know, talking to your partner and making sure, and then you know, you think about you got to put on all your gear. You're gonna go out and run. It's dark. You might have to, you know, depending on whatever your routine is. For me, you know, you're gonna take a shower after. And it can just weigh you down just the steps you're going to have to take to do this. But I think on the other hand, it became such a large number. And, and me still wanting to try this goal and having the opportunity, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think in a different profession or, you know, a different time in my life, I, I might not get to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, if I have children one day or things like that, you know, you, you're going to sacrifice that. And so I thought, or I get to the thought of, this is a blessing, you know, you either want to do it or you don't want to do it, but make the choice. And, you know, I, I, I find a way if that's warming up inside and then going out and doing it um, and, and just getting to think about uh, this is going to be time by myself. And so I think there's therapy in that to get to run outside and reflect and think about your day or where you want to go or what you're doing, and uh, that the journey overall from day one, from that May 1st, has been significantly helpful for me, including being able to discover things about myself that I think had I not started that, I'm mm -hmm. not sure it would have happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a very nice happenstance. And sometimes people think that you can't do it. Um, did you encounter any pushback or negativity from others? And if so, what were some of the things that people were saying? You know, I, I can't remember who said it, but uh, it was something along the lines of, you know, first they laugh at you, you know, then they shun you, and then they either start to believe you or they get on board. And so I think whenever you start something like this uh, or, or anything that people can't imagine in their minds a lot of times because maybe they haven't done it or they haven't thought about it, and so mm -hmm. you immediately go to a place of this is unorthodox, uh, this is something that isn't common, so it must be something that, you know, there, there's got to be some reason behind it or they'll never make it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you mentioned accountability before, and so it's more on the other side of, like, the haters to some mm -hmm. degree. And so, I, I mean, I've always, I've, again, I've been fortunate. I've been in, in athletics all my life. And so you always hear people with that, and uh, I've gotten to a place where it, it becomes just about me and wanting to do this for myself and no one else. Um, and sometimes th there's moments, though, where I can use it as fuel, where, you know, you hear people, and, you know, and originally my parents weren't, you know, absolutely like, you know, two thumbs up, go for this, mm -hmm. or like, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. or be careful. be careful right and and i think that's easily the best way to get hurt is when you start trying to be careful with something that's already unorthodox uh that doesn't mean you're not safe mm -hmm. um but you, you have to you have to go for it and so uh i i think you know and and i've since i it didn't start this way but i started posting on facebook which is how a lot of people found out about what i was doing and part of it was also the accountability mm -hmm. that I wanted to be accountable every day by posting that, and if I didn't, then, you know, other people would know. And it's almost like a scare tactic for myself. Uh, but then it turned into something else where people were, I was getting emails and things from people saying, hey, this is really inspiring. Uh, it actually awesome. made me think, yeah, and it, again, something that I never thought of or never did it for that reason or anything, but... I started to get these emails and, and people saying this is great and I really look forward to these updates. 
Um, and so I think when you get this far too, it's like you want to see the person either accomplish it or you want to see when they stop. Uh -huh. And so I think that's also a little bit of my motivation. It's like I don't want the people that might be watching this saying, you know, when is this going to end to get that gratification unless, you know, God wants a different plan mm -hmm. uh, and it just doesn't come to fruition. But, uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate. I haven't encountered too much of the hatred. In fact, the running community uh, in general has been phenomenal and one of the few communities I've ever felt really connected to and, you know, just like, come on in mm -hmm. versus, you know, tell me the password before. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're very kind. Uh, all the races I've been at, you know, people are cheering, people are happy, people talk to you, um, and information is shared. And so actually I've gotten a lot of my sense of what I think a good community could potentially be from those interactions as well. Yeah, the running community is, is amazing and supportive, I've, I've found too, um, especially here in Ann Arbor. There's so many people that are on, the same, on a similar journey too um, so they're they're cheering you on as well, um, and that's it's really interesting that you talked about, you know, some people at the beginning they may or may not believe you, but then after a while, you know, they'll start to to um, believe what you're saying, and after you've done it a couple times, it's important to find people around you that you know do support you and, and listen to those people and the people that that don't believe you, you know, just kind of use it as fuel and keep pushing forward. Yeah, I mean, I was watching last night the uh, Golden State Warriors play the San Antonio Spurs, and you know, it's a 38 and I can't remember, 6 or 7 team versus a 41 and like 4 team. So the yeah. two best teams in the NBA. And after Golden State won the title last year, even still teams were saying, and commentators, you know, they got lucky because they didn't play San Antonio, or mm -hmm. other teams were hurt, or Cleveland didn't do this, but you can't play this way and continue to win. And I watched them continue to play the way they've played for the last two plus years and completely blow out San Antonio by 30 points. Yeah. And so again, it's like, at what point will people start to believe, oh, this could work? Even when it's right in front of them, I think sometimes it's, it's almost impossible to get somebody to move from that original uh, narrative that they have about you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's also important too, to you know, let them stay over there. Mm -hmm. And you just keep doing what you're doing. Focus on what you're, you're trying to accomplish. 100%. Uh, we have tough weather here in Michigan, especially cold winters. Um, the last two, I can remember, were particularly cold. Um, how did you handle the daily grind of going out to run every single day for a thousand days in a row, in a row um, especially through difficult like weather conditions? Again, I give my, my partner, Linda, so much credit because... You know, I learned, especially in 2013, 2014, that was the really significant winter. Mm -hmm. and that one was bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was out there every day. Uh, you know, tons of snow, sleet, rain, whatever it was, below zero. Um, and just, you know, what I tried to do was create paths that I knew and, and you know, each day try to... Um, think about that more and more and you know wear extra socks uh, sometimes I would cut the tops of my socks mm -hmm. uh, to add extra padding because my toes would get really cold and so I'd add layers over that uh, finding really good sweatshirts and sweatpants to go over your running gear uh, gloves were a big thing for me finding the right hat um, even even glasses to some degree to protect your eyes but um, 
Yeah, again, I give my, my partner credit because, uh, you know, I probably got her sick, unfortunately, a lot because oh. of going out there and doing that and bringing it back. But um, it was a little bit fun, and especially because it was new, too, that first mm -hmm. year, uh, going out there and seeing if you could do it. Uh, and I got very lucky. There was only one time that I really ate it and hit the ice. And luckily, mm -hmm. I fell straight on my, like, tailbone um, you know, and my butt, and I was okay. Um, but I thought for sure as I was in the air on that that it might all end right now. Time slows uh, down a lot. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and, you know, just a little bit of a bruise and was able to keep going. But uh, I, I just tried to find paths that would work for me, and I tried to set my clothes out in the morning because, um, oddly enough, that first year, too, I remember I did a lot of them at night. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, time's not always an easy thing for me. Uh, you know, I, I think I always have more time than I actually do. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I try to do more in the morning now. But uh, during that time, yeah, leaving the clothes out, finding the paths, and uh, apologizing frequently to my partner about potentially mm -hmm. getting her sick. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people have goals that they want to pursue. Um, it could be a large goal, it could be some kind of lifetime goal um, or a change that they're looking to make. What advice would you give to someone looking to start their own journey? So I, I just say believe in it more than anything else. And you know, the, the, the first step uh, is, is totally about you. The second one you don't see. And so that's the one you really have to pay attention to. Um, and it's an adventure, and that's kind of my philosophy on life, to try to treat every day as an adventure and getting to go run every day. Uh, mm -hmm. You never know what you're going to find. And so uh, really make it about you and be selfish about it. Um, I think sometimes selfish gets a bad name. Mm -hmm. uh, I think altruism is just another word for being selfish. Uh, you're doing it for one reason or another. You might as well do it for yourself. Because um, then at least if something happens, too, you know, you did it for you. And so... Uh, at least for me, I'm, I wouldn't be mad if it all ended for some reason um, because I knew why I was doing it, and it was about me. And so, and usually people will identify with that too. You know, maybe not at the beginning, but at a later date because it becomes something else on top of it. So again, you're gonna you're gonna go for the first step where you kind of see the goal a little bit, but you don't know how you're gonna get there. Mm -hmm. And I'd say don't focus so much on uh, thinking about how you're going to get there, but just believe you actually will. And for one reason or another, you'll start to see the, you know, the steps fall in front of you. And then it's just really about how they always say about, you know, when opportunity knocks, open the door, go for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, use anything else as leverage, as uh, fuel. Uh, but really, it, it has to be about you, and it should be about you, and it's for you. And uh, people that don't understand will continue to not understand, and people that... Uh, think it's cool or understand and want to help, they'll do it anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you're not going to please everyone anyways. And um, yeah, I mean, it, starting this too has led me to try to do other things like write a book or, you know, things that I thought originally were way out of my uh, league. Um, but, you know, you, you do one and you start getting even more imaginative. Mm -hmm. About, okay, so what's next? And so, you know, I'll say that ultimately what I'd like to do is get my time down, too, in this process and be able to qualify for Boston. And so that's really that uh, intermediate slash long-term goal for me while trying to uh, eclipse this 10,000 miles. And so 
when I think about that initially, it's like, oh, I can see it as that first step, um, but I really don't know how I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, and it sounds so far-fetched as I sit here and talk about a thousand days in a row, then I start to realize again, yeah, that was far-fetched too. Uh, so let, let's figure it out. Let's find the resources. Let's keep going. Let's keep trying. And uh, I, uh, I was a huge Steve Prefontaine fan after I saw the movie. And so following up, and uh, I kind of also go by his life philosophy, which is, uh, he was famous for saying, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Uh, and sometimes I don't think we know what our gifts really are. So we have to discover them and we have to explore them and, you know, everything else is surrounding. Uh, let the stuff that's going to help you help you and the stuff that's not, leave it alone and keep on your journey. But uh, go for it. To summarize, Scott highlighted three things. Number one, accountability or support can really help you along the way. Whether it's someone to help you get started, like his sister, or someone that pushes us, even on days we really don't want to run, like his partner. Having people around you to support you is really important when you're running towards a goal. Number two, another thing he mentioned was just to get started and take the first step. You don't have to know everything as you can learn along the way. And number three, dream big. Why not? You don't know until you try, so see what you're capable of. Before we conclude this podcast, I'd like to announce that I'll be leading a Run Smarter workshop on February 13th from 1 to 4 p.m. Run Smarter workshop will teach you mental skills to help you get more out of your body during training sessions and on race day. You'll learn strategies to stay engaged, develop consistency, and remain positive. You will also gain skills to help you overcome challenges that you encounter. When you're able to run smarter, you run faster, farther, and are more likely to achieve your goals. If you're interested in learning more, check out my website, farversportperformance.com, or feel free to send me an email at steve at farversportperformance.com. Well, that concludes podcast number three of Focused on Performance. Thanks again to our guest, Scott Cohen, for providing his insight. I also want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I look forward to the many more conversations we'll have in the future. Again, I'm Steve Farver. Believe in yourself. 